welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Caleb had an audition, which he, got, which he did on tape and got called back for half an hour later. What did they describe? An up-and-coming writer? Yes. So they said this was an up-and-coming writer, and I went, well, that's... an NYU graduate, up-and-coming playwright. Yes, up-and-coming playwright. So at any rate, what Caleb misunderstood was that he was doing all this biographical work on the writer as if knowing that was going to help him. So what I pointed out that was really important is we use the writer as a shortcut, quite frankly. If I'm doing Edward Albee, I know immediately. If the only play I know is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and the only reason I know it is because I saw the movie, I know the absurdist world that I'm in. And it tells you where to head. If you're doing an Arthur Miller play, you say, yes, he's a moral playwright. He's a political playwright. I know where to go that way. And the more plays of his I've read, the better I get. And if I'm doing Eugene O'Neill, as I reminded Caleb, it means that I need a bottle of scotch because there's no other way I could possibly read the play. Okay, so these are the things that knowing the playwright, but... What the hell do you know about a playwright who just graduated from NYU? Nothing. So this is when you have to look for something else. Uh, and this is where you say, okay, I know the playwright isn't helping. But all of it is just by way of looking little by little to what is helpful. What am I seeing? So, and oddly enough, both Caleb and Arthur had similar pieces. Arthur's was a dark cowboy movie. Caleb's was a movie where somebody's, some girl is saying, let me, ha let me have your arm. Let me have your arm. And he says, okay, fine, here it is. So, uh, exactly. So you're in this absurd world. I found a list, which I will send to you. I told Walker that I would post it on our website, but I'll send it to you. I found this list from some film class I took of 26 different kinds of films. And I have no idea why somebody handed this out. In fact, after working with... Arthur, I added road picture. So here's the thing that's important to know about that. There is a form. I mean, as an example, is Christopher, Christoph Waltz, who was auditioning for a Quentin Tarantino film. And by the way, he was auditioning, which I also think is interesting. And he would go on to win an Academy Award. But he watched all the films. Because he was aware there was a mindset of that filmmaker. As an example, on both of these pieces that Caleb and Arthur were auditioning for, the plot is what gave it away. You have to be attentive. You cannot look at them and say, and this is how I work on character. You cannot look at them 
and say there is a there is a way I work on character that I have to look at the piece that I'm in, and one of the things uh, I will quote Sharon Carnegie on this. In her book, she talks about a rehearsal process, and what she says is, "Please read the text. Do not act anything. This is not a cold reading or an audition." You are reading for the facts. If you rush into the acting before having identified what you need to know for your performances, you risk getting stuck in an interpretation that may not serve you well. But I mean, that's, you know, obviously we've been saying that for a long time, but I loved how Sharon said it. So the thing about it is you have to really be smart. You have to really be able to look at it and identify what piece that you're in. It's not just I'm in a period drama, I'm in a very funny period drama that has very cryptic dialogue. That tells me something. With Arthur's, it was totally different. So this is the plot, and this is where I got it. The plot of Arthur's was... And it was a stretch, because Arthur was having to play an older black man, I know. And so, um, so we had to work on that. You know, the usual way we start, what do I think that the audience is going to have the most difficulty believing about me? And it was that he was old, but we worked on that. But the plot is this. girl walks up to him, and she says something like, Will you stop doing that, please? And he has a chainsaw. He has a saw, and he's about to cut the leg off of her horse. And he says to her, "Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. I thought you were a, a slave catcher." And he then he says something like, "I don't know. You're either a slave or a or a bad girl." And then she, she says, well, I'm not a slave. And he says, well, that makes two of us. And then she says, you know, could I have my horse? And he says, well, it's according to the law. It's mine. And he says, what will you give it me for? And she says, well, I don't have much. He said, what about what's between your legs? She makes a comment about, oh, men, it's only a minute. And he said, not that. And then basically says, I haven't been interested in that since they took my balls. And so then she says, uh, and then he says, no, I'm, I, I want your rifle. And she looks at him and she says, it looks like you've got plenty of rifles. And he says, oh, no, no, no. And he takes it off and he has three horses legs. Then he explains that he's a slave catcher. And when he catches the slaves to catch the slave catchers in order to keep them from following them, he cuts a leg off their horses. Okay. Now, Here's what you have to know with that. You read that, and because of the dialogue, you realize you're in a dark comedy. You're in a dark comedy. And there is a way you play dark comedy. And then, oddly enough, Caleb came along with a similar one where the girl has been in a plane crash, and she wants his arm because she's hungry. But you see what I mean? It's like, okay... As soon as, and I had that all in one day, Amanda. That's what I'm telling you. One day, I had a guy that cuts legs off of horses, and I had a, and I had a play about somebody who's. But you see what I mean? 
you you read it, but you have to identify what world you're in. And then you find something, then you say, okay, this is a warp on how I work. This is different. And in addition to that, I said to Arthur, yours is a road picture. And he didn't know that term. God, I've been around a long time. But anyway, I said, no, a road picture is when you start one place and you end another place, and on the way, you have a bunch of adventures. And, and people drop in. And he went, oh, yes. And I said, I'm assuming this is the only scene in this entire movie where this character appears. And he said, yes, it is. And I said, that's because she is going from one place to the other, and she runs into these characters along the way. So what do you know? Now, for me, I know... And Arthur sent me the tape of his audition, which was wonderful. And I said, the only thing we have to do is we've got to work on picking things up. Because you have to know when you're in a road picture that this is a little scene. This is like a page and a half scene. And it's moving the action forward. But I mean, again, that comes with time. The same thing when you're doing the Lakers movie that Austin's in. You have, to know, you have to know the kind of movie you're in so you know how your character fits into it. And a lot of it has to fit. It's the same thing as knowing the playwright. So uh, it, docu-style is another uh, genre, isn't uh, it? Oh, yes. I mean, seriously, I do have 26. I listed 26. It's, if Amanda reminds me, I'll send it to you. But as an example, under comedy, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, there are seven different kinds of comedies. Parody, satire, sitcom, romantic comedy, screwball comedy, farce, and black comedy. And all of these require a slight turn of the dial. You still have to have a believable character. You still have to be in that particular world. But all of these, uh, same thing. Film noir is totally different than a murder mystery. And in identifying this, it begins to hover in a way that, because nobody knows who writes plays anymore, nobody knows who these things are, it helps you as an actor because... In knowing what world I'm in, it is how you will build the character. It is how you will build the circumstance. It will, it will be how you live off the circumstance. You don't live off the circumstance the same way in a Neil Simon play that you do in a Eugene O'Neill play. Except one Eugene O'Neill. His one comedy. I know. Everyone forgets he wrote one comedy. Ah, Wilderness, the comedy version of Long Day's Journey into Night. But there are all clues there for us to work on. And it all has to turn into something actable. It tells me how to do something a certain way. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls we have. We can make an analytical decision about something, but we don't turn it into something that is actable. Do you all know what I mean, the term actable? 
I have to lose the idea that there is a way to do anything. I have to lose the idea. I mean, first of all, I'm in class because I need to have a lot of techniques. I have, need a lot of things in my skill set. I need a lot of tools in order to do it. And, and that's the reason, you know, watching things and seeing stuff, all of it is so important. I, when I teach farce, I show the opening of the movie Anti-Mame to see Rosalind Russell's performance. It's like you have to see what an over-the-top character looks like and is still believable. And, and the other thing is, I think really seriously, begin to identify what you're seeing. Begin to identify why you like a performance. Begin to identify what Christopher Waltz did in the Quentin Tarantino movie. Certainly identify what Keanu Reeves does. But, imagine what that must be. Anyway, but, but so, you know, begin to look at it. I don't know. I look at, Stella said when she was a little girl, God, it must have been a hell of a household. Stella said when she was a little girl, her father would come home from the theater late at night, and he would say to her, tell me about your day at school and tell me about your teacher. And then he'd have her imitate the teacher. There's a lot of that that, that we can do. I, th I think there's a lot you know, of work we can do by ourselves where you know, we see somebody on the street and then we come home and we, we, we kind of imitate what they did. The way Brando did. You know, if I tell you Brando did it, will you do it? And it's important. It's much more important than social media. Uh, and I'm telling you something. People are going to tell you all sorts of things like when we're casting, you know, when people are casting, they're looking at the numbers. They're not. They're looking at your audition. I mean, really good casting directors have said, no, what are you, nuts? Nobody's ever been cast because they had a following on Instagram. They got cast because of the, the audition. Anyway, I like blowing a hole through that because I've had this discussion before and I think, oh my God. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Keezer. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can find us online, I don't need an acting class.com. And uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. <laughs>